Across the Western world, many people have the feeling that our current economic system is not working as well as it could. Growth is sluggish, inequality is too high and the environment is suffering. A growing number of people call on business companies to help address these challenges. Companies that are not solely existent to maximize shareholder value, but use their power as a force for good. That's the mission statement of B-Lab. B-Lab is a non-profit organization that wants to prove that businesses can help society in its goals. One of B-Lab's initiatives is a so-called B Corp certification. It measures a company's social and environmental performance through an online platform. Also, a legal framework is part of the certification process. Some of the better-known B Corps are outdoor brand Patagonia, ice cream giant Ben & Jerry's, but also startups like Ethical Underwear Producer, Organic Basics. Welcome to The Idealists, I'm Simon and as always I'm here with my co-host Celia. For this recording we traveled to Amsterdam. We met Nathan Gilbert at the Royal Tropical Institute where B-Lab has its offices. Nathan has worked with the B Corp movement for over eight years. He supported its growth from a small community of a few hundred companies in the US and Canada to a global movement of over 3000 B Corps worldwide. His work is to provide a framework for a new type of business that balances purpose and profit. Sounds like a fantastic job, doesn't it? So we asked him to paint a picture of the journey that led him to become the executive director of B-Lab Europe. Uh, my journey has been pretty exciting. Uh, first and foremost, I love working for B-Lab. I truly believe in, in what we do and the mission that we have. But I joined uh, almost nine years ago and I worked in the New York City office and at the time, there was only a few hundred certified B Corps in mostly in the U.S. and some in Canada. You know, Canada was sort of our our next country. It was a really exciting idea that was being introduced. It was a new concept. Uh, we were mainly attracting more of the smaller uh, sort of SME type companies focusing on sustainability or those that are social enterprises. And there was always this uh, desire and intent to make this a global community, a global movement, but obviously it was just getting started and we had to, you know, root it in some uh, location and really start to introduce it into the market and see where it goes. And having built up a, a proof of concept and getting some attraction and interest, um, steadily we've started to get more and more interest from companies all over the world. And uh, so it started to flow in and we had to figure out how do we actually build a global movement? We're a nonprofit based in, in the United States. Um, and we were approached by people that wanted to partner with us and really help make this, uh, a reality in their different parts of the, of the world. And so I was tasked to really oversee those global partnerships and five years into that, uh, work, I was asked to come over to Europe where we had been setting up an office here in Amsterdam. Right. And why, why Amsterdam? Uh, partly just because the people that approached us who wanted to bring the movement to Europe were based here. They were Dutch, mm -hmm. actually uh, Italian uh, and one Dutchman, but the Italian had been living here for a while. And um, they had uh, extensive networks across Europe and they were serial entrepreneurs. So they seemed to be the right people that, you know, who could who could take on this job. Uh, and we came to Amsterdam. But thinking about that question a bit further, I mean, it actually is sort of a natural location, I think, for B-Lab Europe, which is really responsible for overseeing the B Corp movement development mm -hmm. across Europe. Amsterdam is uh, a vibrant city. It's an entrepreneurial city. Uh, you've got a location sort of easily is in the center of Europe that you can access all the different countries quite easily. 
Um, but I think something about sort of the history of this city is really, I think, iconic because it's always been about trade uh, and business. And now we're bringing a, a new concept for business to Amsterdam. And from here, we'll, we'll take it across mm -hmm. Europe. You talked about the people approaching you for being part of that movement, especially in the beginning where this was probably not such a known topic, especially in Europe. What was the, the main motivation behind those companies? What, why were they approaching you? I think the biggest reason is that they saw themselves in this community. Mm. Um, you know, as B-Lab was introducing this concept of B Corp certification, a comprehensive evaluation of impact and the types of companies that we were attracting uh, as companies and mostly social entrepreneurs, I'll say, or were developing their business all over the world. They'd start to look up this concept of uh, an emerging concept, really, of social entrepreneurship. They would look it up online, perhaps, and and they see B Corp and they'd say, that's my tribe. I want to be part of that. Uh, how do I be part of that? And so I think that was one of the main reasons why companies in countries that we were never really uh, operating in were coming to us and saying, like, how do I do this? They were the leaders, they were the pioneers, and they saw themselves in this in this group. Mm -hmm. And talking about taking that from the US to the European Union with all this uh, cultural and legislative and linguistic, you know, uh, diversity across across a small kind of area in different countries. How was that perceived in the beginning with having like this big US market and, and Canada as well and coming into the market where there are probably a lot of different opinions and views on what this kind of certification is and, and maybe a lot of different connection to what a certification can do for a business. Was it any different from the US or do you feel like the people, the people's mindset kind of closed that gap from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We faced some challenges entering the European market, mm -hmm. introducing a business certification that looks at sustainability. But I think we have to separate the, the certification and the standards from the opportunity to build a global movement. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why we came to Europe and put an office here and uh, built a team around, uh, you know, to, to, with the focus to, to grow the movement in Europe was because they, we knew there was an opportunity and we knew that there was hunger from companies uh, that wanted to be part of this community and part of a movement that was really trying to change the system mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. change the way that business was done. But then obviously the main tool to build that community is our assessment, the B Impact mm -hmm. Assessment, uh, which we use to certify companies. And you're right, it did have, um, to some extent, an American uh, history and mm -hmm. some legacy in terms of the content, some of the questions. And we absolutely faced the, the critique that it was a bit too American. Mm -hmm. And um, But you know, we have an iterative process and we evolve our standards every couple of years. Uh, and we used the learnings and the experience from working with companies in Europe to figure out how do we continue to build a robust and comprehensive global assessment uh, that's perhaps less American and takes into account Uh, what companies over here are doing. And uh, we've now gone through at least three iterations of our assessment since B-Lab Europe has been set up. Right. And mm. I would hope And is to that say different from, from the US one or is that the, the global iteration over the, the certification centers? There's a global development right. cycle, right. but we do have some modest uh, differentiation right. in the assessment depending on where you're operating, how big you are mm. in terms of headcount and the industry that you're in or the sector that you're yeah. in. And so there is some difference between US, Europe, mm -hmm. but also in terms of size and sector. Uh, but nonetheless, I mean, the core of the assessment really is intended to be global. So you can have a comparable evaluation of businesses that are, you know, in LA and those that are in Paris. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you talked about the the kind of this you would you would separate it that you have this certification program and then you have this bigger umbrella movement right and then you have several other um, initiatives the job board for example or uh, the your uh, B Corp summit where you come together and, and celebrate and, and network within within those um, companies is the movement the sum of the initiatives or how how could that be seen. I think the movement is far bigger than the initiatives. Right. And I would say the movement is even beyond the work that B-Lab is doing mm -hmm. and our engagement with the certified community. I mean, there is a global movement underway to use business as a force for good. Uh, and there are many other organizations, other, let's say, it's a movement of movements. There are other movements that are addressing aspects of systems change. And we're also contributing to uh, that systems change work through B corporations. Uh, so you have to sort of take the sum of all of that to, to see that there is a movement uh, underway to use business as a force for good. And, and our contribution to that is to create credible standards to evaluate companies' performance, mm -hmm. to recognize leaders Uh, that are actually committing to this, taking action to do this, that are really walking the walk. And those are going to be recognized as certified B Corps. And those are the companies that we want to spotlight so we can inspire and influence others to follow in their footsteps. Mm -hmm. And in our mission, our objectives as an organization is not to certify more companies. Mm -hmm. Our objective is really to create a more shared and durable prosperity through business. We believe that the private sector can, in fact, make a huge difference and let's say turn back the tide of our you know negative impact on the world and so we need those leaders um, and of course we will certify more companies and hopefully more and more will follow uh, and we can you know build a bigger community but that is not the end objective mm -hmm. uh, and so we certify companies and then we try to create community mm -hmm. with all of these leaders and all of these employees that are part of this uh, community because we want to create the space for them to share and learn from one another. Uh, and so whether that be at a, a summit or mm -hmm. uh, you know, even outside the companies, let's create a jobs board for high impact businesses, for B Corps. So people, you know, young uh, people coming out of the universities can go and find jobs at B Corps or how do we facilitate more business connection or supply connection between these companies? And so that's sort of the, the activities that we undertake to strengthen and make more meaningful uh, the, the engagement and participation in the B Corp community. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, really it's about uh, a systems change mm -hmm. at the end of the day and we need everybody to play their part. And how close would you see the connection between B Lab and the companies that are B Corps? Yeah, I'm, well, B Lab plays an important role. We not only administer the certification and do all of the standards development, but we also play that role of a community uh, facilitator. Mm -hmm. We really try to connect the companies to one another. We organize those events. Um, you know, we're more meant to be behind the scenes. The The protagonists of this movement are the B Corps themselves, mm -hmm. and we really are here to ensure that they can be successful and try to support them uh, any which way. Mm -hmm. And back to the topic of what is the main motivation for for leaders, business leaders, for companies who um, want to join that movement? What What's behind their their biggest motivation? Because as you, as you said, one thing is certainly... Um, pretty straightforward to, to have that kind of certification, which is um, a, an outward sign that you are part of something which 
probably explains some of your um, different approaches to doing business, right? Because in, in that business world where you only optimize for profits and where um, shareholder value is your biggest concern, it could be a good point to differentiate yourself and um, put a mark on, on that as well. And do you think beyond that certification and beyond or, or beyond the certification, what is the biggest benefit for the companies joining that movement? Yeah, so I would say that the some of the leading benefits to being part of this is around the differentiation mm -hmm. and the opportunity to be recognized as a leader. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the, the journey itself is also really important. Mm -hmm. uh, the amount of learning that the companies have as they go through the evaluation process is extensive. And how uh, long does it take usually? Is that an average? It depends time? on the size uh, of the company and the complexity of the company. But if you're sort of a small single entity business, um, you obviously have to go through the self-assessment on mm -hmm. your own and you can save it and leave it and take three months to do it or you can take an afternoon to do it. Uh, but then the actual evaluation process can range uh, anywhere from three to six months. Uh, and again, depending on how proactive the company is. And of course, as you get uh, larger and are much more complex with entities in multiple markets or around the world, it can take a bit longer. But so th that process, though, of going through an evaluation, completing an evaluation of your impact, and then having an analyst actually review that with you is really eye-opening. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of companies, you know, especially the entrepreneurs that are approaching B Corp, they always sort of have this mindset that, you know, they're on their A game and they've got, uh, you know, all sorts of things that they're doing. And when you actually investigate it a bit further and you question it and you actually ask how, how sort of supported and institutionalized are they within the business, you find that actually there's a lot more that we could be doing. And so not only, you know, once you get to that bar, you can differentiate yourself and say you're a B Corp, but really it's about that roadmap that never ends. It's, never you know, you're, it's a never ending journey to constantly want to improve your business. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, yeah, recognizing, uh, being recognized as a leader is quite important. Um, but then the community aspect is really beneficial for a lot of companies. They learn from one another, they do business with one another. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, great way benefits for companies as they certify that are both internal and external. The internal being, you know, the improvement opportunities, also the, the team engagement. Uh, I think a lot of companies really do this more for engaging internally with their employees uh, and having the employees really understand that values are important in that company. And, uh, you know, I think that's also a big magnet too for businesses that are attracting new talent you know more and more millennials want to work for companies that share their values so if you're a certified b corp you can be that that magnet if you zoom out a little bit and uh, look at a history and and trying to adjust our position on on the scale from being you know just profit optimization driven to being let's call it triple bottom line or whatever you might call it in in that sense um, just, I think this week was when this uh, letter from the, um, right, the, the uh, business, business, business round, round table, table in right, the United States, table, yeah, where 181 CEOs of leading US companies signed that letter off being not just primarily um, shareholder driven, but foremost uh, stakeholder driven. So um, differentiating between um, educating their employees and committing to um, being more sustainable with their suppliers, for example, and kind of just having a, a bigger variety in their goals, I think. And do you think that is 
has some impact or this is a sign of uh, you maybe having having an impact and then and, and is this a, a good sign for the movement or is this just you know publicity wants it and you know we we have to kind of fulfill that need and move on yeah I, absolutely i think times are changing uh b lab and b corps for the last 12 years have been advocating for uh comprehensive measurement of impact as well as uh changing your legal DNA to create more stakeholder governance. And the reason why B Lab and the B Corp movement got started is to address the system failure that we have, mm -hmm. to address the fact that businesses uh, were in business to create shareholder value exclusively. And we need to reject this version of shareholder primacy and focus more on long-term value creation, not just for shareholders, but also for stakeholders. So B Lab and B Corps have been doing this for the last 10 years. And so absolutely, I'd like to think that we're now having some influence on some of these big companies uh, that were also part of this business roundtable. Um, but look, I mean, there have been really important milestones and signals from the market. Mm -hmm. uh, this being one of them, you could also cite uh, Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock for the last two years in a row in their open letter to uh, to all the companies that they work with talking more about purpose-driven business. Um, you could also look about at the, the trends in uh, investing, seeing more and more institutional investors getting involved with impact investing. So these are all necessary mm -hmm. and, and right signals from the market to suggest that um, things are changing and those that really hold a bit more power because they have a lot of assets under management or they run a big multinational uh, to get them to start to think about these types of concepts, whether it's stakeholder governance or more impact is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think where we need to be cautious is that uh, a lot of these signals have really been in words and not in action. Mm -hmm. um, and so I applaud the the CEOs that have signed that that letter this week from the business roundtable, but what we would expect to see is action. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would encourage you to read a, an op-ed by the three co-founders of B-Lab who put a letter out in Fast Company, I think just yesterday, responding to that, uh, that action taken by the business roundtable to say that this is fantastic and please take credible action both in impact measurement as well as you can now legally embed stakeholder governance into the DNA of the business. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, B Corps have been doing that. Look to B Corps as an option. When, when I read this letter and I read this article yesterday um, from, from the three founders of, of B Lab, is that it always come to my mind that, um, that the things they're stating in, their, in the letter, for example, I think is a pretty much common sense. When you talk to people in the street, they would say, yeah, that's pretty much common sense to treat people right and to educate people. And where do you think this went wrong? Uh, this went wrong in terms of why haven't we been thinking about this all along or? Um, I think more historically put, where do you think this is or has this originated from? I mean, it's a, probably there's not a single point in time where you can put a like a, where you can nail it and say, OK, this is the point where it went south. It's probably the development of, you know, hundreds of years and, and our uh, capitalistic system and how it all came together. But I'm continually wondering where did this kind of, where did the sense of common sense get lost on, on the way, right? Yeah, I mean, de definitely over the last hundred years, um, the interpretation of fiduciary duty has been increasingly skewed toward uh, shareholder value maximization. I mean, corporations weren't designed in the beginning to just create uh, shareholder value to the exclusion of everything else. It's just been sort of slowly moving in that direction. And there's a whole host of things 
that you could probably point to that caused that, whether it's Milton Friedman uh, saying the business of business is business uh, and you have to maximize shareholder value or uh, likely increasingly there's been a, a separation of investors from the company. Um, and so when investors now increasingly expect a return, they have far less involvement in the actual activities of the business. And so it's far easier to start to uh, externalize aspects of the business mm -hmm. that, you know, can be other people's problems. And, and there's many other things that you could probably point to in the, in the, say, the history of capitalism or the history of, of corporations in the last hundred years. And it, to some extent, you know, the B Corp movement and the principles of B Corp is, yeah, going back to <laughs> the roots of a corporation, going mm -hmm. back to common sense. And, you know, we can debate all day long what the purpose of uh, the corporation is and what fiduciary duty actually is saying. But at the end of the day, uh, we need to embed legal accountability to one another in our business. Otherwise, without putting in that legal accountability and considering all interests, we will certainly start to uh, exclude important stakeholders into a business and that can have a negative impact. And seeing all of the negative externalities that have been building up over uh, decades, mm. we need to think about our own impact and how do we minimize our negative impact. And in order to do that, you have to measure the impact. You can't manage what you don't measure. Right. And so how do we evaluate our performance comprehensively and learn from that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a good point because counting numbers is quite easy compared to measuring impact or purpose or sustainability, all these words that sound so nice. But yeah, how do you measure those in the whole assessment? Yeah, I mean, uh, impact measurement is not a perfect science. It's quite difficult. Uh, and our view is you can't let enemy, uh, sorry, you can't let uh, perfect be the enemy of the good. And uh, as I said earlier, this has been an iterative process. Um, the first version of the B Impact Assessment is probably far different than what we have now. Mm -hmm. And the benefit of working with hundreds of companies that use, and thousands even, that actually use the tool is that we get to learn from them. We get to learn about their industry characteristics. We get to learn from uh, companies that operate in different parts of the world to uh, reassess mm -hmm. how we want to ask the questions that we ask. Um, but the idea is with, with our assessment is that we first and foremost need to have a comprehensive evaluation. We do not want to look at just one particular area of the business or uh, have something that only looks at, let's say, product attributes. Uh, the intent is to really evaluate how a company is impacting a variety of different stakeholders. The other important factor is that we know we cannot be the end-all evaluator and sort of assess on all things on impact. Um, and we're not the only player in the game. There's many other great organizations and standard setters that have developed either certifications or uh, or other uh, that help companies look more granular at whether it be uh, product attributes like, you know, fair trade or organic certification or green building standards such as the LEED certification. So we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're actually going to try to leverage all of these uh, great standards and try to build it into uh, our assessment. So we're not going to go to the same depth that they would on organic. We'll just ask, is your product organic certified? And if so, show us the certification. Um, and then the last thing is th this is meant to be um, uh, positive based. So everything mm -hmm. that you are doing, 
you, we want to reward you for it. And if you're not doing something, we do not penalize the company for not meeting a certain standard. And our threshold for certification, you can reach by doing a variety of different things. And so no company is the same. Uh, we can't expect all B Corps to be the exact same model of you know one another. And so therefore, we try to create uh, an opportunity for all companies to reach that 80-point bar, which is the threshold for certification, mm -hmm. by uh, really being highlighted and, and uh, valued in the things that they are doing, whether it be uh, great employee practices or environmental management or uh, poverty alleviation in their supply chain. Um, but the expectation is that you have to do a little bit of everything and maybe excel in one or two areas to certify. You can't just sort of do bare bones in uh, all these different categories mm -hmm. uh, and be able to certify. Right. And if you let me play devil's advocate once more, uh, greenwashing or purpose washing was in the media, you know, a lot of a lot of times. Do you think you can prevent something uh, something of that through your holistic evaluation, or what is the tool to prevent? Corporations who are definitely not in that in in the in the deeper sense um, sustainability driven or purpose driven. Um, how do you exclude them in a sense because they want to have the label maybe as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, great question, and I think there's a few things to share. One is I'd like to say that our evaluation process is quite robust in, in its evaluation of the company's impact in that it's, uh, I would say, unlikely that a company would certify by not actually meeting the standards that we're assessing against unless they actually falsify information, which mm. maybe could happen. But to actually go to the extent of falsifying information, I don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, another important aspect of our review is it's not just on performance, we run a risk review. And so uh, you can be certified, you know, through with flying colors on impact, but you've got some negative aspects of the business that aren't necessarily covered on the assessment. And so we have a, a disclosure questionnaire that looks at sensitive aspects of the business in terms of industries that they're operating in or other aspects, whether it's sanctions, fines, uh, and so forth. And we uh, run a review on the company's risk and we also do a background check. And as things emerge in that process, uh, we either uh, require further transparency and remediation from the company or in some instances, eligibility is actually declined. Um, and these decisions are not made by us at B-Lab, but rather an independent standards advisory council mm -hmm. that oversees the standards and oversees these decisions. And so I think the combination of all of those things um, makes it a quite a difficult certification to get. And I think quite challenging for companies to get through um, if they shouldn't. And we have had companies lose their certification as okay. things emerge, new practices or things that were not previously disclosed. And we have a robust process also for reviewing those cases and uh, decertifying companies. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we flip the, the, the picture and turn it upside down, what would you think is the ideal future from a perspective of B-Lab and the B Corporation movement? Uh, I think an ideal picture is that uh, we no longer need a certification and that all companies operate as if people and place matter. Um, I think we're still a long ways away from that. I think not just, you know, it's not just about the companies operating this way, but I think one of the things that we really need to tackle is um, the public awareness and the public preference for this way of doing business. Uh, I said earlier that 
in order to have systems change, everybody needs to play their part. So obviously we need the companies to change the way that they operate, um, change their practices. You know, maybe B Corp certification is, is, a, is a milestone for them, but we also need consumers to think about where they're spending their money. We need uh, investors to think about where they're placing their money, uh, even consumers in terms of where they bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things matter. And in order to really uh, transform the way that business is done, uh, and maybe it's a bit of a push from the public side. Uh, we need to get more and more people on board, and that requires education, that requires engagement. Um, and so, an ideal scenario is that not only companies are operating this way, but really uh, there's the the demand and the push from everyone to expect that this is how business is done. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more, head over to theidealist.co. As always, there's one more thing we ask our guests, which is, who should we talk to next? Well, if I were to call out any specific company, and I'm sure they're on your radar, uh, and of course I'll go with a B Corp, I would say Patagonia. Patagonia is a really iconic company. They're one of our higher scoring uh, certified companies. And uh, I mean, they've had a long history of being pioneers, being impact driven and being activists. And their participation, their engagement within the movement is absolutely essential. They even keep us on our toes. They really are uh, an iconic company and a true inspiration for all business. 